Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The Breonna Taylor decision proves that the mainstream media is obsessed with black pain. This is Rob Smith is problematic. So let's start, as we always tend to do on Rob Smith is problematic, with a story. And this story is very relevant to the moment that we're living in right now, because last week we saw more protests and more eruptions from Black Lives Matter and all of the other uh, nefarious groups that have sort of glommed onto that movement in order to cause destruction and, and violence and rioting and assaults against police officers in the street, because the officers that were involved in the death of Breonna Taylor were not charged with manslaughter. We're not charged with murder. This is what the mob demanded. And you remember that I, I told you last week that when the settlement happened, they seemed to be tiptoeing very gingerly over the, the facts and, and what exactly happened in the case. And I said at the time that it was a bad move for people that were speaking on behalf of the family, the, some of the lawyers like Ben Crump, he, he's basically a BLM ambulance chaser. And I said that it was a bad move for them to keep on pushing to say that this isn't enough. We need to charge those officers. We need to charge those officers. Because I knew that once facts came out, once certain facts about the case came out that weren't really being reported on, that people weren't really talking about, I knew that it would make an indictment of those officers in the way that the mob was pushing for very highly unlikely. And that is what happened when Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron announced that these officers were not going to be charged with manslaughter in Breonna Taylor's death. And another thing that came out during the press conference, because Daniel Cameron, who's black, he's the uh, attorney general of Kentucky. He, his office and his team did an independent investigation. And the biggest thing to come out of this independent investigation is that there was no no-knock warrant. So... As a result of, of this investigation, we found out that officers did, in fact, knock and identify themselves before they entered Brianna Taylor's apartment. And I feel like I always have to say this whenever I'm, I'm speaking about Brianna Taylor or, or any of these other people, that this is a tragedy. This is a tragedy. It never should have happened. It breaks my heart. I was on Fox News just this morning. I, I had an early morning hit and I could barely sleep last night because I knew that I was going to be on to talk about this. And I want to be so careful with how I discuss this stuff, because I actually do care. I care about how people are feeling. I, I care about the Black people that are just in pain right now. And we'll get to the mainstream media's obsession with this pain, which is the topic of, of this week a little bit later. So we found out that the entire narrative that everything was based on you have to understand this This woman, uh, her likeness was on the cover of Vanity Fair magazine. She was the first person in the history of the Oprah Winfrey magazine to ever appear on the cover besides Oprah herself. So, so Brianna Taylor had become a symbol and a martyr for this cause. And it's all based on something that didn't end up being true. And to give you a sense of how pervasive that no-knock warrant narrative was, no other than Senator Rand Paul introduced a bill, the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act, to ban no-knock warrants. So this is how pervasive that narrative was. And so now we find out that that narrative wasn't true. And we find out that everything that we've been told 
for the past six months by reporters and, and mainstream media who don't really want to do their job when it comes to this. They're afraid to do their job when it comes to situations like this to celebrities and activists and athletes and everybody else. So, so we've all been misled. And the reason that is, is because the mainstream media and these people, they are obsessed with black pain. They are obsessed with the pain and the suffering of black people. Some people use it and exploit it to promote an agenda. This is what's going on in the left. This is what they do. Some people literally do not know any other way to see the world and to interact with the world as a black person other than being constantly angry or constantly in pain or constantly hurt. And the mainstream media knows this. They're obsessed with this. They make money off of this. So here's the story. In 2016, before I came out as conservative, before I, any of this stuff happened for me, I had a long career, not long career, but I had, been, I had worked in journalism media for years before all of this stuff. It's, it's Honestly, it's why I'm so good at it. I am a trained journalist. I went to Columbia Journalism School. I, I reported, I did op-eds, I did all of that stuff. And so in 2016, I, I found myself working at a media company. I did it part-time. I, I used to call it the news mill. The part of this job, so this is what I did for this job. When a story came out, if it was reported on by other sources, let's say the Los Angeles Times reported on something happened. Maybe it was an unarmed Black man, man being shot. It was my job to take that story, to rewrite it for, for camera or for audio, to talk about, you know, to, to record that script and to put it over photos and video and push it out there. This is how I made money working for the company and the company made money selling, to, selling these videos to different outlets. So in 2016, you may remember there was a rash of stories about these unarmed black men being killed by police officers. It's like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And so I was doing a lot of these stories and I had to sift, sift through this footage over and over and over again. I had to write about it. I had to watch these videos of, of these people being killed or assaulted. And, and I started to notice something. It's making me angry. It's making me tired. It was making me stressed out. It was making me sad. And the owners of this company, the people who ran this organization, just wanted more and more and more because this is what was getting clicks. This is what was interesting. This is what was selling. Black pain, black death. Images of crying black people screaming because another black person had died. You are far more likely to see images of black people in pain, crying at the worst moments of their lives at a funeral or after having experienced some awful event than you are to see white people in the same state. So doing all of those videos and working for these companies is when I realized that the mainstream media is destroying black people because of their obsession with black pain. They literally do not know how to see us in any other way. And there are far too many African-Americans, particularly on the left, that are willing to play along because their entire identity is wrapped up in pain and victimhood. In the announcement that there were going to be no murder charges filed against the police officers that were involved in Breonna Taylor's death was to me expected, given certain facts of the case. But then 
the reactions came in. And it was it was funny because when Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron did this press conference, he said, and this is a loose quote. He said there are going to be entertainers and activists and celebrities who want to tell you how to feel. And he said another thing, he said. Do we want the truth or do we want a truth that's based on a narrative? It's unfortunate that people want a truth that's based on the narrative that they already thought, that they already think that they knew. When all of these things happen, what, what, what it taught me by covering so many of these cases, so many of these situations, when I was working at this company and, and just working with me, media in general is to always dig a little bit deeper when this stuff happens because there are so many other things that go into these situations. Think about what happened with Jussie Smollett, right? Juicy Smollier. Remember when when everybody thought that he was just beaten by uh, some white guys wearing MAGA hats in Chicago and to the negative two degree weather uh, at 1.30 in the morning? Remember that? Remember how fast that narrative traveled around the world before we realized the truth? And we didn't really find out that you know, he had staged this whole thing up and he had set all this stuff up until six months later, but that wasn't before every politician and celebrity and entertainer and singer and all that stuff on the left said, oh my God, this is awful justice for Jesse, all this other stuff. And even though at this point, and this is almost over a year ago at this point, there are still some people that cling to this because they don't know how to look for the facts because it's like we're living in a post-facts era. That is what we are living in right now. And we are likely to see the news cycle over the next few weeks dominated by stuff like this. We are about, about what, five weeks away from the election at this point? This is what the left and Democrats think that they need to secure Black votes. And it's not just politicians. I mean, they've got Hollywood. They've got the mainstream media. They've got everybody. And so sometimes as a Black person, when you're trying, it's like you are screaming out into the universe. At what point did facts and reason get thrown out the window? Facts and reason are not a white thing. That, that, that is an everybody thing. But our emotions are being played on by a mainstream media that is obsessed, obsessed with black pain. Next up, I'm going to tell you exactly how money is made off of this. Black pain equals dollar bills for our mainstream media. The people in charge of that media company I told you about, and I will not say their names, they're uh, not doing very well right now after the downturn, downturn and everything with the pandemic. Those people couldn't get enough for a few months in the summer of 2016, and neither could anyone else in the media. And what you're seeing right now is a direct reflection of that. It's literally the same thing happening over and over and over again. If it bleeds, it leads. We all know that about this industry. But if it's black and it bleeds, it exceeds all the earning potential. 
So if something is written about, then tweeted, then referred to in a segment, it gets more attention and feeds the machine. So how does this media machine operate? When I first started coming out as conservative, and when I first started becoming a little bit more conservative-leaning, um, before I lost all my friends, when I still had a few, right before you know the last of them got chased off, I would have this conversation with people. And I would say, you just have to be media savvy to see how this works and to know how it works and to know what's going on here. And they would get so offended by that. They would get so offended by the idea that me telling them that they're not media savvy is somehow insulting their title. Well, I know the media. Like I watch the news and I read and I do all this stuff. They would get so offended by all of this stuff. But what people don't realize is that this is a machine. And I mean, I guess, look, I'm a part of it as well. You're listening to this podcast. I go on Fox News. I, I have social media and I have on Twitter and I have all of that stuff. And I try to base things on on facts and, and things on reason. Obviously, I have my opinions. But then again, I'm not anchoring a late night news show or a primetime news show on one of the quote unquote mainstream networks that tells you up and down that you are going to get the news when you are what you are really getting is opinion. So how does this stuff feed the machine? Where's all the money come from? So we got ratings, we got clicks, we got ad revenue, we got book sales, we got speaking gigs. Ratings, first of all. When I first started coming out as a conservative and I first started getting booked on Fox News and I first started doing hits on it on Fox and, and some of the other things, their favorite thing to do was to have me argue <laughs> with another, uh, with a black liberal. And this isn't just Fox, this is everywhere. So that was kind of earlier on in my career. So I would just get into these arguments and nothing ever really seemed to be accomplished. There's something to be said for different perspectives, but nothing is really accomplished when you're arguing with, say, um, if anybody is a um, a reality TV star, there's there's a, a woman named Wendy Acefo. She's a, a real housewife of Potomac. And I did some earlier segments with her and I, I, I almost just stopped wanting to do segments with her because it was just so argumentative. And I was just like, nothing has ever happened. Nothing is getting done here. What are we doing? But that stuff gets ratings. That stuff gets ratings. And even to this day, those were my highest performing videos on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. And so in that way, I was part of the problem because that stuff gets a lot of ratings. Ratings obviously mean more ad revenue for a lot of these different networks, both national and, and digital. The ad revenue turns into, you know, more clicks on their social media. If you, if you can get something that's really clicky that people can click to. And to bring that to this moment that we're in right now, people will click on black man, unarmed black man shot, unarmed black person shot. People will click on that because people want to know now, nowadays, you have to get about five or six paragraphs in before they get to the part where that person had attacked police officers with a knife or that person had the cops called on them for sexual assault. Yeah, to get a little bit further in there to see that. But the point that I'm trying to make is that this stuff makes a lot of people money. And for a lot of people, it leads to, you know, book sales, speaking gigs, like all of that other stuff. And so there's a lot of money to be made from all this. There's an, an author named Ibram X. Kendi. And this, he's, uh, he, he's pioneering this quote unquote anti-racist movement. He wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. 
just came out on social media. Somebody got the receipt from his speakers bureau. This man had made $20,000 to give one virtual speaking engagement, 45 minute presentation, 15 minute Q&A. I guess the 45 minutes is how evil and racist white people are. And the 15 minutes spent with the white people in the audience asking how they can be less evil and less racist. So a lot of these black liberal journalists on the left, these are kids who they were, they were always told that they weren't black enough in high school because they're probably smarter than a lot of the other kids in the school. So they're told that they weren't black enough. They were told that they acted white. They were a nerd. They were a geek. They were doing stuff that white people do. And I know that because I was one of those people. I was always smarter than other people in my class. It just was what it was. I went to a, a crap public school. And when you're interested in books and you're interested in knowledge and you're interested in all of these things, this is what you get when you go to an all-Black school. You get told that you're acting white. You get told that reading and stuff is for white people. You get told all of these things. And these Black thinkers and these Black leftist journalists that are digging into all of these stories and that are using all of this stuff to kind of define their Blackness, they are doing that so as to prove to the people that tease them in, in high school and elementary school and all that, hey, look, see, I'm Black too. Look at how woke I am. Look at how black I am. I'm going to show you. And so there's a lot of that that's going on there. And I know because I used to do that when I was on the left and I used to talk about all of this stuff about, you know, about how racist white people were. And, oh, my God, this white lady looked at me a certain way when I was walking down the street. All of that stuff, it was couched in trying to prove my blackness because it had been questioned my entire life. And that is what is going on with these people. It is obviously what's going on. And like I said, I know that because I used to be that. And what saved me from all of that stuff and, and what saves me now, even though it's hard having these conversations and it's hard saying some of the things that I say, is that I don't let mainstream media or actors or celebrities or any any of these people, they don't define my Blackness, they don't define what it is to be Black. And that is freeing for me. And I think that some of these Black journalists on the left are, are still looking for that freedom. Their talents and their skills to feed the mainstream media machine that thrives on Black pain. So there's a lot of people making a lot of money from an industry that thrives on this. Next, I want to tell you about the psychological toll that this takes on Black people and why I think it's so destructive. What is the psychological toll of the mainstream media's obsession with Black pain? You see, white people can kind of watch this stuff and say, man, that's messed up. You know, it, it can really, like, really care, really say that this is messed up. This shouldn't happen to anyone. This hurts me. This makes me sad. And kind of move on from that. But if you're Black, you can't dissociate so easily. So what is the psychological toll of all this? What does all of this imagery do to us in our minds as Black people? I think it causes anger, hurt, fear, and pain. This anger, 
is what I want to focus on the most because the anger is what we see the most. The anger is what we saw come out of Louisville after the Breonna Taylor decision. The anger is what we've seen in all of these cities across the country over the past four to six months. Right around where I live in Florida, I saw a video of these Black protesters. They got into the faces of these just old white people just like sitting on the street, just having having a, a meal out. And at that point, when they're disrupting these people at their table, when they're screaming and sitting down and drinking this and just doing all of this other stuff, that's not about any sort of reconciliation. That is about anger. So the psychological toll of consuming all of this stuff is anger towards everybody. It's certainly right now, everybody white. It's anger towards police officers and law enforcement. You see these videos of of police officers getting attacked, getting, there was this awful story that came out of, I believe it was Oakland a couple of weeks ago, where where somebody just basically just walked up and shot these two officers and people are are live streaming it and, and laughing. I mean, what is that? Where does that come from? if not anger. But most importantly, and I think this is fundamental and nobody talks about this, these people are hurt because they are being made to believe. And when I see these people, I'm talking about the people that are out there protesting, engaging in in some of the more sociopathic behavior, like pulling up to somebody's table and sitting down and all of this stuff. They are hurt. Because they're made to believe that nobody cares about them. They're made to believe that their lives don't matter to anybody. And if they think and they believe that they're worthless and that their lives aren't worth anything and that their lives don't matter, then these are the ways that they're going to react. They're fearful. Because deep down, these people fear that the world is out to get them. A lot of messages that are directed towards Black Americans in in this day and age come from a place of wanting us to believe that the entire world is out to get us. Police officers are out to get us. Uh, White bosses are out to get us. White people in general are out to get us. And so that's fear that we're living in. And they're operating in a sense of deep pain because we're told that these things are true and they believe them. And that is the way in which they operate and see the world. And if you operate and see the world in that way, you will operate in nothing but pain, nothing but anger, nothing but hurt, nothing but fear. And what makes me so sad about this moment that we're living in right now is that anger, hurt, fear, pain of so many people is being exploited. And they are turning that stuff into violence and rioting and looting and and attacks and all of this other stuff. And the people that they look up to to be a moral compass the people that they look up to, Kamala Harris, Oprah, 
Barack Obama, all of these great black heroes realize this and they're not doing anything to alleviate it. I go hard against these Black Lives Matter protesters and I go hard against the riots and the destruction and all of that stuff. But what makes me sad and what makes me angry is that their anger, their hurt, their fear, and their pain is being exploited for politics, for awful people to get placed into power. That, to me, is the most sickening thing about all of this, about this entire situation. And when I say that the mainstream media is obsessed with Black pain, I mean that the mainstream media is obsessed with Black pain and that these deeply cynical, awful people that are trying to get into power off of the pain and hurt and fear of these people are using the mainstream media to do it. And the mainstream media is happy to play along as long as the dollars keep rolling in. So what is the answer to all of this? I rack my brain thinking about it. And it's not trying to change what the mainstream media does or what comes out of there, because that's always going to be about money. We know that. It's not trying to change Hollywood because God knows those idiots are always going to say whatever's the easiest for them. It's not that. This is about changing culture. This is about all of those, those principles of strong communities and religion and families and role models that people can speak to, interact with talk with what's going on in this country today, particularly with all of these protests. This is a culture issue. This is nothing in as much as some of these politicians and celebrities turn my stomach. There is nothing that they can do. If they said the exact same things that I'm saying, it still would not fix the culture issue. So when we're Thinking about these people, and we see this stuff, and I have a lot of empathy for them, the only thing that we can do is to stop relying so much on mainstream media and stop relying so much on Hollywood celebrities and, and athletes and journalists and all of these people to give us a moral compass and to define the culture. The culture's got to come from family. It's got to come from religion it's got to come from community. It's got to come from role models. It's got to come from open and honest conversation. Because if we keep allowing mainstream media narratives and celebrities and activists and journalists and all of that stuff to take the place of the community building that really needs to start at home and happen in our own communities, in our own neighborhoods, we're going to continue to see this stuff over and over and over again. And it's not going to stop. This is a culture issue. And this is something that we all have to play a part in fixing. Thanks so much to my sponsors. Please support them so we can bring the show to you for free. 
Visit my show page at robsmithisproblematic.com and please tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can learn what the show is about, be introduced to me, all of these problematic thoughts, and introduced to our community of problematics. Next week on the show, from TV to movies to music, the left is ruining culture. And I'm going to tell you exactly how. Thanks to producer Stephen Calabria and researcher Aaron Kliegman and executive producers Debbie and Newt, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gingrich 360 Network.